it was almost a daily battle to find a reason not to find a way to make it look like an accident. Maybe I fell asleep behind the wheel. Maybe I, uh, you know, I, I was tr always trying to find a way to make it look like it was an accident because I knew I shouldn't feel this way. I knew I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts. And I knew that it would hurt and embarrass my family if it was obvious that I did it to myself. But if it's an accident and I don't leave a mess behind, then it's a little bit easier for, for them. So it, it was deep and the enemy told a lot of lies. He was lying his little red tail off. You're listening to the Pantry Podcast, part of the Spark Podcast Network, now playing on the Edify app. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast, Season 8, Road to Revelation. We're here to help you crave a healthier spiritual diet by teaching you to ask the right questions, seek the right answers in the right place, God's Word, and break free of the junk food the world wants to shove down your throat. We live in a broken world. We can fall down in despair or rise up for our wedding day. This season, we're looking at what it really means to be the bride of Christ in the end times and the many things we can learn from the book of Revelation that will guide us today, tomorrow, and to the end of time. Join us and fellow listeners from 47 states and 66 countries as we marinate on the Word of God, clear the junk from our pantries, and feast on real, everlasting food. Support the show by sharing this episode with two friends that need a godly snack and becoming a partner at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast for as low as $5 a month. And now let's dig into the meal. Hey, what's up? Hello, welcome to the pantry. Ooh, the pantry. And thank you all for being with us today. Man, we want to shout out Spencer Favor. Man, thank you, brother, for listening. Thank you for asking us questions. You are awesome. Yes. Man, we've really enjoyed the interaction with you. Man, we have we are continuing to grow. We we just have countries coming up all of the time. Yeah. Um is there any new ones or is there any that we haven't shouted out or I'm sure there's some, you, you caught me off guard. I'll probably in the middle of the episode, I'll just shout out a country and you'll know that that one's new. Love no, it. um, I think the most recent is still Lebanon, Okay. though we are recording like two weeks early. So by then, you know, sorry if you're, sorry, if you're new, if, if you're you'll new, get shouted out in a couple of weeks. We love you. Um, but we are still looking as of right now, we are still looking for people in South Dakota, New Mexico and Wyoming. If you know somebody, know someone <laughs> in one of those states that would benefit from the pantry. If we get listeners in those three states, we will have covered all 50 states. So. Right, just saying right. that's, that's good the incentive stuff. is just that that's cool so yeah, I mean really <laughs> that's the demographics that I love to look at I love to see countries pop up I think it's really cool to see how you know a country gets labeled like it's been listened to right and it's really neat that we're reaching people because you know this isn't our message this is God's message and we we like to get out there but anyways hey tonight we are talking about laughter's medicine Mm -hmm. I've got the joy, 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 joy down, down in my heart. heart. Where down, down in my heart. heart. Where down, down in my heart. I got the. But why is it sometimes Christians <laughs> that we always sit there and take this joy word like this, like joy? You know, we we always eliminate happiness. We're like, no, we're not, different. no you can't they're be different. happy. Joy. And then when you say it, it's like even we in gotta, suffering, we gotta have joy. <laughs> We gotta have joy. Where's our laughter? Come on, man. We need to laugh more as Christians. And I think tonight's guest is is the perfect person for this episode because, man, he will make you laugh. Yes, yes, and that that hopefully that doesn't add any pressure to him for this episode. Um, and, but and he does look like he could be from Wyoming, so maybe he knows somebody. <laughs> 
prepare for lots of jokes from Shay, <laughs> given who our guest is. So our guest is Dave Ebert. He is an improviser, actor, improv coach, speaker, and credentialed minister. He was born in Chicago, but grew up in southwestern Virginia. Much of his improv and acting ability is attributed to his eight years as a pro wrestler on the independent circuit in the South. And in 2013, after nearly two decades of battling with depression and suicidal ideations, Dave finally Mm. made the life-changing decision to pursue God. And he says, at that point, I wrestled with this choice. I could take my life or I could give my life. I chose to give my life to the Lord. And you're going to learn more about him now. So welcome. welcome. And and, and let me tell you, he doesn't walk with a limp with all that wrestling. (laughs) I I really don't. That's one of the advantages for for your viewers. uh, You can tell I'm a bigger guy. When you're a bigger guy, you don't have to do the, the crazy stunts. It's just being big. You're like, ooh, people <laughs> are you know attracted to that. It's the little right. guys that end up with a limp because they got to do all the crazy stuff. So is, so is Jacob big or little? Who? Jacob. Hip. Oh, wrestling. Jacob. Oh, 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 see, did you, now now I connected it. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm sorry, guys. I throw stuff out there sometimes. I feel like people sometimes forget his name was Jacob. <laughs> They're like, wait, huh? Who's that? <laughs> but and that's then you're cool. like, uh, Israel. And then you're like, oh, well. I flunked today, but that's okay. <laughs> Jacob was the first wrestler to have a gimmick change in the middle of his career. Right, yeah, right. Rebranding. He rebranded. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's gonna be a fun show. It's gonna be. Oh fun. my goodness, it's gonna. So, be fun. so tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, we, we read that big bio, and that probably like just like, oh wow, that's yeah, I gotta follow that up. But dude, you are so much more. I, I follow. I see you on Facebook. I see you on the social media platforms. Um, you're on fire. But man, you do like to make people laugh, and 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 I see that, and I see some of the great things that you're doing. Yeah, uh, comedy has always been a part of my life from the time I was about two years old. Uh, I was always trying to entertain my mom and her, and dad and, and their friends, and it, it uh, as I got older and I entered into depression in high school, it went from something that was of pure heart to something that was corrupted as a way to cover up my depression and to prevent you know other people from feeling what I was feeling because I felt that if I could make somebody laugh and improve their day, improve their week then I was offering a value to the world where I could justify staying in the world. Um, and so it went from the purity of, you know, that childlike nature to corrupted. And now God is redeeming it through my comedy ministry and uh, give me chances to, uh, to minister to people through the gift of laughter, because it, I explain it like this. When you laugh, you have a good hearty laugh the natural tendency to, to physically is to rock your head back and lift your eyes up. And, you know, the, the Bible says, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. And you lift your eyes up to the hills where he's at. And, and what better way to do that than through laughter? Uh, the Bible says laughter is like good medicine or a cheerful heart is good medicine. Um, so basically, I'm a, uh, a drug dealer for God. Uh, that's what I'm talk- so so hold on. I think I think that like when we, we talk about these things and people really do need to understand these things. And when I say that, you're going to have to go to the YouTube channel uh, family because uh, I'm about to ask Dave, what does a hearty laugh sound and look like? <laughs> See that he raised right See, up to the Lord. See, that's look, what I'm talking about. That's improv where he can just summon. That. I love it. Look at that. And so. Something hit me, and it's. I'm sorry, y'all. It's it's like not funny. You could probably make it funny. I'm sure with your answer. But one thing that I heard, it it made me think of something. So you said that 
you were offering value by making people laugh to keep them insulated from the depression you were feeling yourself. You wanted to kind of help them have a better life than you felt you were having. And it came back to like your value and what you brought to the table is how you had value. So then you come to the Lord at some point and we definitely want to hear about that. But then the truth there is like our stuff is like of no worth compared to the Lord. And some people come to that and they, and they feel worthless, valueless. Like what can I ever do for this Lord? But obviously that's not like the the direction you went in because you ran to him. So can you let us know a little bit more about like why you came, like how you decided that it was Mm -hmm. to lose your life or to give it. And then like now, like when did you, when did it click that your value was no longer in what you could do for others, but in something greater? Yeah. Um, and, and this gets into that deep theological thing that, uh, that, that Shay was afraid we might not get into, but, uh, <laughs> uh I, I wasn't, I, I was scared. I was scared <laughs> He's I like, please bring Bible verses. <laughs> but depending on your theology and it, it doesn't matter now, but I had accepted Jesus as my Lord and savior as a sixth grader at summer camp, but I was never discipled. So that, mm. that seed never grew. And depending on your theology, what you believe, I could have either walked away from my salvation and then rekindled it, or maybe I was never saved and now I am saved. But at the end of the day, I'm now saved regardless. But there was something that was planted as a sixth grader. It just it never took root. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was always there. I was a Christian in name only, went to church a lot in high school, but I went to a church that was very old. Um mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, you guys kind of mentioned, you know, like Christians, you know, they, they kind of miss the meaning of joy. Uh, you know, my, my church is kind of old and you, know, you had a, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of sagging jowls and, and upset mm-hmm. children should be seen and not heard. And, <laughs> and they should just uh, absorb Jesus by osmosis because we're not going <laughs> to pour into them. And, you know, they sing joy to the world, but they sound like uh, their dog just died. Right. Joy right. to the world. But <laughs> it, it, the joy wasn't there. And so it, you thought you punched the clock, you went on a Sunday, and maybe you get in, maybe you don't. So because I never had that discipleship and never really understood what it meant to be a follower of Christ, that allowed the enemy to get that foothold in and, and create the situation where I entered into depression and uh, he used the fact that my dad was uh, very sick. He was a, a army veteran in Vietnam and uh, he uh, got, uh, got the side effects from that agent orange chemical that so many of our vets got. Mm. And uh, we're learning now that is, you know, that some of that stuff is passed down genetically. So me and my sister have uh, some health issues that are kind of related to that. Uh, but he went from a very healthy, strong, working with your hands every day, 30 year old to completely disabled by 36. Um, he had had three heart attacks in his thirties. Um, and we, we went from Chicago to Virginia because we were going to the, the slower paced lifestyle. Cause if he'd mm-hmm. stayed in Chicago, they gave him six months to live in 1988. Mm-hmm. He turned that into 20 years, uh, living down South. Um, so basically I, I think what they're trying to say is, you know, if you leave Chicago and go to the South, it's like every day's an eternity. So it's just stretch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about right in the best way. <laughs> Outside of time. <laughs> but yeah, so I just had that, that battle with my dad and, you know, teenagers and their fathers, 
they butt heads naturally. But when you add illness and neither one of us having a root in faith to be able to deal with the illness as well as a normal, uh, you know, son versus dad headbutting, it, it just it created a lot of angst in the home, which fed into the depression. Mm. And uh, I had a lot of romanticized ideals, you know, of what what I should be doing with my life. Like I should be dating this girl. I should be doing this thing and going to this school and all these things didn't come to to fruition. And that just all fed into it. And so uh, when I entered into into that depression around 15 or 16, it took hard and there were, it was almost a daily battle to find a reason not to find a way to make it look like an accident. Maybe I fell asleep behind the wheel. Maybe I, uh, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I was playing with something, and you know, I, I was tr- always trying to find a way to make it look like it was an accident because I knew I shouldn't feel this way. I knew mm. I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts, mm. and I knew that it would hurt and embarrass my family if it was obvious that I did it to myself. But if it's an accident and I don't leave a mess behind, then it's a little bit easier for for them. So. Wow. It was deep, and the enemy told a lot of lies. He was lying his little red tail off yeah. <laughs> uh, every day. And but but um, but God was faithful. Whether or not I was saved as a sixth grader, He was there. Right. Uh, yeah, I look back, and there are so many times where I had made dumb decisions where it could have easily been end of story. Um, but but God was there and I'm sure that my guardian angel is, is got a really nice retirement plan because I put him through. some. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like what you just said there. I like the fact that you can look back, right. Uh, you know, a lot of times like, uh, you know, don't, don't look behind you. Don't worry about yesterday, you know, and, and worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And, and I get that. And it's really important to live in that. But sometimes it's good to look back and see mm-hmm. like, like the abundance of, of God in your life. Um, Cause I, you know, I had those experiences, you know, my own testimonies, it's like, wow. And you look back and you're like, it wasn't luck, you know, yeah. cause that, that word gets thrown out there and luck is now out of my vocabulary. But, you know, I like hearing that and, and seeing how you're okay with that. You know, yeah. like now I, I look back at it and I'm like, oh wow, look where God's brought me. So when, when we're talking about that, where was this tra- comedy? What, I mean, like, where yeah. did this come in? Where did, where did like acting and improv, do you sing too? No. <laughs> I, I, I sing, he acts well. like he can sing. So you act like you can sing. But oh, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we just covered all aspects. If we just have you sing, we'll have right. comedy and we'll have acting. And <laughs> no, but where did where did like that transition come into where that that attracted you? You know, and then and then and then let's further that so you can just keep on going. How did that then turn you towards a relationship? So or uh, how did you turn towards uh, it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. The whole thing was, I knew I was struggling. I knew that I shouldn't be struggling. And I, it was like this vicious cycle of condemnation of like, you're feeling this way. You shouldn't feel this way. And so the whole time I'm wrestling with that here, I don't want anybody to know that I'm doing it. So mm. I'm out there making jokes. And this is when I'm not in relationship with the Lord. So yeah, anything was on the table. You know, right. jokes about any topic, things that I'm embarrassed to even remember uh, that I made <laughs> jokes about. And it was all a defense and it was all a way to hide. And then um, as we get to 2012 and 2013, I'm literally at that climax point of give or take my life. You know, my comedy has been there, but it was for those impure pur- purposes. 
And then when I finally decided to take that step and, and give my life back to the Lord and truly pursue him, he, he started to show me that he wanted me to be funny. He wanted me to do that, but to do it with the right motives. And the way I summarize it is I used to use comedy as a way to hide me. Now I use it as a way to reveal him. Mm, that's really like good. That. And so I'm sitting in my one bedroom studio apartment in West Virginia. I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to flip. I'm going to read the uh, King, King James Bible that I got Rick Warren's purpose driven life. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, there's some out there like, Oh, Rick Warren, but, but purpose driven life, it has a purpose. It, it helped. It got me. Yeah. So I started reading started praying started saying, what do you want me to do God? Cause in West Virginia, no offense. It just wasn't the place for me. And there was no comedy outlet there. And uh, so even though she's not in a relationship with the Lord, the Lord put it on her heart for my sister to offer me a place up in Chicago. So I said, are you sure? And she said, yeah. So within uh, six weeks, I'm starting completely over on her couch, pursuing the Lord, uh, trying to find a way to use comedy and performance Again, as a way to serve him, to, to to still try to help people feel better and try to better their day and their life, but not because I'm hiding, but because I want them to know that there's hope, that there's something better, there's something bigger, there's something more than what you see. And so I started the improv ministry in uh, mid-2013. I uh, met a guy through Craigslist, and uh, uh, he had at put an advertisement on Craigslist looking for a Christian producer, which means it's somebody that fronts money for, um, for a movie or, or some project. And I said, Hey, I don't have money, so I can't be a producer, but I do want to network. Uh, so we met uh, a month later and uh, we started the improv group and I've been uh, doing uh, church shows, fundraisers and, and teaching improv uh, as a way to just make people's lives a little bit better. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I remember when we first met on Facebook, it was because you were sharing like one of the ministries that you have with women, and I'll let you explain it, um, where you teach improv. And I think that when we were coming up with this episode that we knew we wanted you on this season about this, because um, one of the things I have written in my notes, notes is laughter is a weapon. It's medicine, it's a promise, and it comes with justice. And you came to mind for, you know, it's it's a medicine. So how have you used that to uh, as medicine for other people? Yeah, uh, the, the ministry you're, you're uh, mentioning uh, right off is uh, Salt and Light Coalition. They uh, work with women who've survived sex trafficking. Uh, and many of these women are coming from broken homes where mom or dad sold them as, as girls. Uh, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old into trafficking so that mom and dad can get another hit. Mm. So these are, are women that probably have never had moments where they can laugh like a little kid, where they've had that freedom to just giggle and laugh and forget the cares of the world. So what I was blessed to be able to do is come and teach improv uh, to these women as a way not to prepare them for the stage, but to teach them how to read and respond to communication and how to, um, how to laugh again or how to laugh for the first time. Uh, one of the, the greatest stories I ever had and um, for security reasons, obviously can't use names, but uh, this young lady, she was battling for custody of her kids. 
Uh, she had a record because many women who are in sex trafficking, they're not they're not locked away in some dungeon. They're out in the world. They just have people right. following them, tracing them. And as part of keeping them under control, many of them are forced into using drugs or many get into using drugs as a way to cope. Right. And so it's it's not necessarily a choice, but it's a it's either way, it's a coping mechanism to keep them under control. Uh, so they end up getting arrested. They get records for possession, this and the other thing. So when they finally get out, they've got this rap sheet and, you know, the courts don't care that, oh, you were under duress when you got this rap sheet. You got this rap sheet, so you're an unfit mother. So these women are wrestling to get their kids back. They're wrestling to get their lives in order. And so one day there's this, uh, one lady, uh, one of the ladies came in and she had the furrowed brow, the eyebrows are raised. And if you could picture somebody saying like, I wish somebody would, that was her face. Right. She wished somebody would say the right thing, do the right thing, just so that she could blow up on somebody. Mm-hmm. You could see she was ticking. Mm-hmm. But part of the program is you have to participate. You have to be a part of it. Otherwise, you don't get your bus pass. You don't get your stipend, this and the other thing. And so she came and we got in a circle to do improv. And there's a warm up game we call Bippity Bippity Bop which you can't say without chuckling. So the whole idea, it's a reaction game and it's goofy and it's fun. We play it for about three minutes and you can literally see that facade break and she starts laughing and she's a completely different person in about three to five minutes. Did that change her whole day? Maybe not. Maybe as soon as she left the building, she picked that facade back up, but she was able to find relief for that hour. And those are the moments that I cherish. And if I never do anything else with comedy, be able to have those moments where the burdens of the world can literally crack up and off somebody and they can have that relief just for a moment. You know, that's, that's the biggest blessing I've had in comedy is just to teach improv to these women who so many of us and me included would overlook or walk by or make judgments like, Oh, there's another crackhead or there's another this or that not realizing that, they're in prison, their own prison, prison from somebody else, prison from the enemy. And it's given me a, a soft spot and an awareness that things are not always as they seem. And I, I and this has been a major blessing. And, and I just really appreciate that God used my testimony because I shared my testimony one night and the founder of this organization said, hey, I would really love for you to teach improv to my ladies. And I was like, Really? Because in the thing I haven't mentioned is I'm a man, obviously. Right. <laughs> and these women have been put through literal hell on earth by men, men that they've known and trusted. So now to be able to be a man, to go in and have a healthy platonic relationship and show that not all men are the same, that is a benefit. And that's something that I'll never mm. underestimate the value of and something I'll never not appreciate. I, I think you said something there. I said that that moment to put the world away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we know the world right now. Um, this world has not changed for some of them. It's, it's it's actually it's impacted it even more. So probably because of what's going on. But we allow way too much of the world in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love this this laughter. I. She says I laugh way too much. No, I don't. I don't say too much. I don't know how you said it. I say you laugh a, a ton. A ton. Uh, I, More and, than and I can laugh. Most people probably wouldn't, wouldn't uh, 
necessarily dialing me in as that type. But I, I'm the opposite. I like to laugh at everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, it makes it easier for me to cope. <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> okay. And I'm not pulling anything in because it's right. like, oh, what's the point? But I like the fact that, that you're using a mechanism. Um, and, and I've heard this a thousand times. Frowns actually take more muscles than smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, Laughter sets off the uh, the the endorphins mm-hmm. in, in your body, and, and it and it and it brings on a different kind of uh, thought. I mean, all these things are God given, by the way. Yeah. You know, it's like wow, God knew when He designed us things that would work. And, and so when I look at Christians, and I look at people, and I, and I see, especially t- in these days, I'm, I'm seeing a lot less smiling mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reasons. But when I say that, <clears throat> I don't have to see your mouth to see if you're smiling. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I've seen. Uh, a repression in that like the eyes are just looking so just beat mm-hmm. so just yeah. beat up um and so doing a program that you're doing with with you know getting people to do improv and to laugh and to hear someone you know that, that walks in like it reminds me of a lady in baltimore we were evangelizing and you walk up to her house and you're like hey how you doing what you want <laughs> and, and like and you're like well we're you know we're just out here sharing the word of god oh the word of god i mean the, the voice never changed it was like this this like she's gonna rip you apart voice i, I in fact i'm not gonna do it because it's just very like hard to do in the microphone <laughs> but but it sounded like she just wanted to kill us the whole time mm. but 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 it was like but it was like was it so went from nice. like this this face and the voice stayed the same but this face that matched the, the voice to a smiling face that still had that voice and it, and it was just cool to see the transition so I imagine that's what it would feel like to, to see some of uh, some of the people that you work with or that you teach to, to come out of that shell and that's really cool yeah I like that absolutely yeah this season being about you know the end times and, and like you said like all sure. the things that uh, that are needed I think it's it's so important to have an episode about this um, because you know I'm I I've let it I've parked it for a little while but I'm about proverbs. And I think the last time I mentioned proverbs every episode was like season 5 or season 6 or something now we're in season 8. Um but when you look in proverbs it's like the book of wisdom and it's always applicable and it keeps bringing up joy and laughter and I like to look at those kinds of things as weapons because mm-hmm. when you look you're like how am I supposed what am I supposed to do in a world where there's so much going on I don't agree with? I have been told or sifted like you have, you've, you've shared that sort sifted to by the Lord to realize that I can only do so much mm. that ultimately the Lord has a plan. He has my place in that plan. But outside of that, I am just in whatever it is. And yet joy is a weapon. And, uh, and there's that verse in Proverbs 17, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And that is what you're helping people do um, by offering clean comedy and to, to invite them into it themselves instead of just being, you know, watching it, but also be a contributor to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's, it's so cool to see that happening. And I, I, I have one question though, cause okay, I know again, I'm going to share something. People be like, really? You do that? <laughs> I used to spit rhymes <laughs> like, like literally. And, and I grew up the same way, dirty side. <laughs> And and every time Michelle's like, come on, just do something. I'll start, and then it's like I I've get to that. Stopped asking. I, she stopped asking because I, I get better. to the. I I can't. 
without dropping a bomb. <laughs> I get to a point and I haven't been able to figure it out. So how, how did that transition? Like, was it a hard transition? Was it really easy? Cause sometimes God just works yeah. and just says, and stitch, stitches away. But how was that transition? Like, what was the battle that went on or not battle? Actually, God really, uh, like you said, God kind of flipped mm. the switch in many ways. Uh, because once I, I started pursuing him in early 2013, I came to Chicago a few weeks later and I started doing improv in the city, which, you know, I was the only Christian probably in five city blocks each show I was doing. <laughs> um, but in that time, he, he gave me a resolve to always put, play clean. But he also developed in me the ability to kind of think faster than anybody else mm. so that I could avoid putting myself in a position where I would have to say the curse word or I'd have to go right. blue or go for the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's kind of cheating and improv where I would like I would intentionally drive the scene a certain way to make sure that I was protecting my witness. Um, and it made me a dominant improv player. But I was not and I don't want to boast, but it's kind of a boast. But I'm good enough at it that I can make a good scene, even if it's going totally blue. If I walk in, I can turn it. And that's something that that God gave me the ability to see and do in order to protect my witness, in order to show that clean comedy can be incredibly creative, incredibly fun and funny. Because when we you know, when my improv group went into a bar to do a show, we followed some of the filthiest, nastiest, (laughs) most shock oriented comics you'd ever heard of. It was to the point where we thought, well, we, we should leave. And I said, nah, let, let's pray. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit cleanses the stage and let's go do this. Mm-hmm. We got the loudest reaction of the night because we were different. We were pure. And people didn't have to check with each other to make sure it was okay to laugh. Ah, uh, right, mm-hmm. right. And that that's what God helped develop in me when I'm performing with people who think that that Jesus is some weird hippie prophet and not a real savior. (laughs) And and they want to think that, that, that God is non-existent when I'm up there performing with them, I can still support them on stage and still create something that is creatively fun for us and for Mm -hmm. the audience. And that the audience doesn't have to think like, is that okay to laugh at? Right. Because so much of comedy today and, and this may be a strong word you want to edit out, but comedy is a gift from God, but it's been bastardized right. for the world. Right. It, just like so many other gifts from God, uh, like sex, it, that's a gift from God, open on your wedding night. Um, it's been used in such a way that uglies it. But when you use right. it in the way it's intended, that's when everybody can enjoy it and appreciate it. And they don't have to fear it. They don't have to fear like, if I laugh at this, are you going to judge me? Because right. when it's pure and it's from God, when it passes through the Philippians 4-8 filter, it's all good. Right. Mm. Now, I want to park on something you said that made my, it lit up my analogy <laughs> candle in my head. Um, so you said that you are a dominant improv, I think you said player, but dominant improv and that you can turn a scene that's going blue, and I'm, I'm assuming with context clues that means is going into the E for explicit category or right. it's not passing the Philippians test, um, but that you can turn a situation that I'll just say is going south and you can redeem it. 
because of the gift of the spirit. Mm. So you can do that on a stage, right? Mm -hmm. But the reason you can do it on a stage is because of what the Lord has given to you that can be in play in any scene. So walking us through that, how do you, like, what can you tell people who, you know, they're not, maybe they don't even think they're that funny, but they are maybe... I was surrounded by a lot of people who didn't believe when I came to Christ. You know, I, I came to Christ kind of lone ranger, all my friends, super not Christian. And uh, they were like, we love you, but you're weird. Like, this is weird. And uh, and so what what are some of the things and you can go ahead and be very specific to improv. And then I think the listeners will see the analogies connect themselves. But like, how do you how do you turn it? What are some of the, the techniques you notice yourself doing to redeem the situation without alienating yourself. Sure. With improv, the fundamental that many people hear is yes and, which is rooted in the fact that you can you can say no as the character, but you can't say no as the actor. And the difference is, if I offer you a banana in the middle of a scene, you can say, no, I don't want a banana. But if you say, well, that's not a banana, that's a chicken. You've denied me instead of the, the character. Right. And so you've now derailed what we're building together. But mm-hmm. if I can still affirm what you've offered, if I can still affirm you as a person, as an actor, by, by if you offer me the banana, I can say, that's a beautiful banana, but I really prefer an apple. Yeah, I've still acknowledged and accepted you and what you've offered, but I've been able to now drive it a different way. And right. that's a very... Uh, <clears throat> you know, kindergarten way uh, of explaining it. But I mean, basically the whole idea is as long as you affirm the person that they're valuable, that you, you're not judging them, that you're not thinking that they're an, they're an idiot or they're in, you know, if you respect the person mm-hmm. first, affirm the person and their value, their worth, and then you can make the decision to go a different direction. But right. it's if I were to deny the person on stage and right. judge them or create some kind of awkwardness, then no longer are we connected in the scene or no longer are we connected as teammates on an improv stage, then everything goes awry. So I think affirming the person, not in, I, I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians watching like, what do you mean affirm? affirm right. What are you talking about there? Today? <laughs> okay. I, talking, Might you be a heretic? Yeah. <laughs> There's, but no, it, 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 and it sounds very cliche. Love the sin, love the sinner, not the sin. Right. So you can affirm somebody that you disagree with. You can affirm somebody as a human being, as somebody in the image of God without affirming their sin. You can right. dine with the sinners and the tax collectors without becoming one. Right. And you can affirm them as valuable as people that have something to offer the world as somebody that you've come to see and meet and, and, and uh, com- um, eat with, but you don't have to get anything on you. Right. Jesus showed us that. And in a small way, I'm able to do that in, with improv, go on stage and not get any on me, but still mm-hmm. affirm people and still build relationships and friendships. And I think that the, the two have a lot in common because I explained that Christianity and improv have three traits in common, love, humility, and support. If I serve you in love, humility, and support, whether it's on an improv stage or in life, I'm going to be doing well at, at Christianity or improv. Mm. 
And love as defined by God, not right. Right. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're speaking. We're, the, we're, we're speaking, speaking the, the same, same language, language, but it's uh, good. It's you know, because Jesus, yeah. Jesus, you know, it affirmed the Samaritan woman, mm-hmm. and he didn't end up with five five husbands. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I love your cat. You know, yeah. that's a beautiful cat. We, we've got three. Well, nice. one of them was just just deciding to bust in on the show, but I love your cat. Yeah. You know, is I, is it available? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I know that cat's down there meowing to Yay. come up. There it is. Hi, That'll but, make our daughter but I, happy. But on a, on a, on a, on a note, I, that, oh yeah, she love that. Hey, there's a <laughs> kitty cat, honey. Oh no, I. You know, it, it really teaches us how you know this improv and going up with not just like-minded, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like being willing to, you know, we had a pastor who stood outside the bar, you know, on, on one of the, the red light district streets in Baltimore. He didn't go in the bar. He didn't go drink shots with them at the bar. Uh, but he was there with them mm-hmm. and he was there loving them. He was having conversation with them. He wasn't telling them how to talk, how to act, you know, he was, he, but he was sharing Jesus, which then Jesus is the one who, who starts to, you know, do the, do the work. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's awesome that like watching those parallels of improv, you know, where it's like love and it's like, you know, um, you know, working with each other, you know, working together, being yeah. there for each other, support is what you said. Yeah. And, uh, and just being able to have dialogue and it's amazing that in the dialogue, they know who we are. Mm-hmm. They know exactly who we are. Mm-hmm. At some point, either you've told them or somebody's told them, oh, that's a, a lot of times probably like, oh, that's a Dave Eber dude. He don't cuss nothing, man. That dude like straight laced Christian. But, <laughs> but, but, like, but, it's, but it's cool because then you get to be a, a voice. And, and that's something I'm still learning as a Christian. Because, you know, uh, a lot of times in, in society, we're learned, we learn to engage instead of disengage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's amazing when we disengage, it actually brings a more beautiful engagement. Mm. You know, and, and so it's just kind of cool hearing how that kind of breaks down. Even the elementary like school I- ideology, I'm, I'm cool with that because it's like, I understood it. I was like, right. ooh, banana, banana, not good. <laughs> but hey, nice banana. I like the apple. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I think we're talking about how yeah. joy gets almost a, a weird rap. Like oh, not even so a bad rap. Like it's confounding because... You, you hear about joy, but it's always linked with suffering. Mm-hmm. And so then you f- and then when you're just happy, you know, people have almost cast happiness as the enemy. Like, oh, that's false. Like that's that's going to fade. And it, and so we don't think about joy residing beside happiness. We just think about we need joy when we're sad. Like when you were depressed, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way. And what we're talking about here is hitting on one of the reasons why I think a lot of believers might struggle to have joy in their everyday interactions unless they're surrounded by believers. And even if you're surrounded by believers, if they're not completely in line with you, agreeing with everything that you have decided ain't right for you and everything that's good for you, you know, then then you don't know how to engage. And there's a good news we can bring. He says, bring that good news. And so if we focus on that, trusting the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit instead of ourselves, then the joy, like we might have so many more conversations with laughter, Mm. with Mm. even if we disagree, you know? And I think that's, I think we're hitting on a thing I didn't even expect us to hit on on why the joy is hard. And I keep going, and and as we're talking, and and I know another verse that just gets thrown, you know, but you know what? I'm sitting here, fruit of spirit, fruit of spirit, right? Like when I sit here and I'm I'm looking at this and I I was like, oh, joy, oh, joy's in there. Oh yeah, cool. But it's like, 
If I don't have love, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, I don't have joy. Mm-hmm. Now, now watch this. I don't have love. If I don't have, I don't understand love. If I don't have joy, look, it's like you could stand each one of those words up, mm-hmm. and if you don't have the pyramid below them, it's like they, it falls, it crumbles. Yeah. Nugget, it's you like, said pyramid. People gonna say you blaspheme and talking Illuminati. <laughs> I'm doing it. Don't cut it. Don't cut it out. <laughs> Look, y'all, be real. Uh, we, we talk about a pyramid in our relationship, too. I, I, I know. Wonder what I, people know. Think I know. That. I thought about that once because we were like, it's a pyramid. And like, you're on the left and I'm on the right. And we meet up in the middle with God. And then I, and then all this stuff about Illuminati. And I'm like, I don't know what people even think. But nobody's ever questioned me on it. It's like, <laughs> no, I was just kind of just throwing it. I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah. no, it crumbles. It's like it's like the fruit of the spirit. Fruit. Fruit. Yeah. It's one. It's singular. Mm-hmm. So when you have it as yeah. a singular Right. It requ- the requirement is all of that. You know, it's like the fruit of the spirit is all of this. Now unpack it. OK, right. I want joy. Boy, I better know how to love like God loves. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about agape, yo, agape, yeah. not phileo. Although God will meet you at phileo like he did Peter. But it's OK. It's OK. We'll get there. Yeah. Theology 101. But no, I, I love it. I love I love that this episode is about joy and, and, and like really like let's laugh, you know, um, and it was making me think, uh, as I looked this up real quick, I had a question for you, though. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to go over. <laughs> but <I laughs> That's always a, the beginning I, of a I, great I, sequence. I do have a question. Uh, I, I'm getting there. Hold on, y'all. I, I, I'm, I'm really... Everyone freeze in okay, place so, so I can this. edit it. So remember this. No, don't freeze in place, man. <laughs> and, okay, so we... we that's perfect. Should we do a? Should we do a? Uh, should we do a commercial? No, just kidding. <laughs> a TikTok. W W W W. Come out and see them fall. No uh, wrestling. I don't know. Anyways, anyway, uh, come on. This is that. We're laughing. I, know, I, know, I love it. I know. But, but okay, this is like in the beginning. God created Earth and rested. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then God created man and he rested. And then God created woman. Now I got a question. Do you agree, agree or disagree with this statement? <laughs> This is for you, Dave. Now, no, be careful. I know your wife's probably in the room. Since then, neither God nor man has rested. <laughs> you just set him up to fail. <laughs> I will never dis- uh, disagree with scripture. Amen. That is the way. That is the that is the way to answer, Dave. I, I, I mean, that's, look. That's pro- the let's go to Proverbs. Way. Wasn't it Proverbs that said, <laughs> "Go go go up on the roof." It's better to live on the roof or something than have a nagging wife. And I'm like, Amen. I mean, we live on the roof. Note well, okay, to self. No, no, it's right there, though. It's pretty close. <laughs> <You're> so- <laughs> but we live on it together. Reaching. <laughs> you're re- if you reach. Improv is cool. I watch it uh, I, I, every time I get a chance to watch it for free. You're so of course, funny. I'm not there. I'm not in Chicago. I'm just saying. Like he puts out stuff, and, and I just love watching it. I know. It makes me laugh. So on that note, yeah. this has been really cool. Yeah. Um, but I want people to know how they can reach you, how they can see or hear or watch your improv, how they can co-labor in your ministry, all of the good stuff. Just let people know what you're doing, what's coming up and how they can get involved. Sure. Uh, the easiest way uh, is Facebook because uh, it occupies way too much of my time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find uh, the improv ministry, uh, Wellverse Comedy uh, at Wellverse CMDY. Uh, that's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Twitter has a, a shorter handle limit, so that's why I took out the the O and the E in comedy. Gotcha. Uh, at Wellversed CMDY on all three, or you can find me at Gifts the Number Four Glory 
Uh, and uh, that's where my podcast is. Had these two amazing people on uh, this past <laughs> summer. And uh, you can check that out. Uh, and uh, those are primarily the best ways to reach me if uh, you're interested. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to uh, to go out and uh, teach improv wherever uh, as a way to improve ministry. Because I, I liken using improv tools to getting out of your own way so that you can truly trust the Holy Spirit like uh, Jesus told us in Luke 12, where he said, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give it to you. Mm. But we get so afraid of saying the wrong thing. <laughs> right. Trust the Holy Spirit. But right. if we trust right. that the Holy Spirit's there, because there's so many pastors, if you talk to them, they'll say that somebody will come up to them six months after they spoke and say, you said this in a sermon and it spoke to me and it changed my life. And that, that minister will be like, I never said those words. It's the fact that you were there doing what you're called to do. God uses whatever you say and do. You don't have to worry about doing it the wrong way. But with improv, we kind of get you out of your own way and do that. So so uh, valuable. uh, Contact me at Gifts for Glory, and uh, uh, I'll be happy to to, uh, help you out with uh, using improv to improve your witness. And one last thing. Yeah. One last thing. Go for it. Do you drink coffee? Yes. Do you make the coffee? I brew it. Okay, you know that's biblical, right? Because he brews. He brews. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. But man, it has been a blessing to have you on the yes. show, brother. We, we love you. Uh, we interact with him a lot. Uh, although I'm still waiting for him to like that I was a, two witnesses on his post today. But that's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So he was like, I said that exactly. And I'm like, yeah, two witnesses. You I, say you, know, you have <laughs> traumatic brain injury. Then you remember the most random stuff. I love it. Anyway. Well, I just want to say that I, after that last <laughs> joke, Shay, you're grounded. <laughs> and now I got to go to the compost. That's where we put our grounds. I'm sorry, but uh, no, it's beautiful always to, to have conversation, brother. We should do it more often. Yeah, yes. on the side. Uh, I just think it's fun talking with you. So yes. So as always, this has been awesome. You can get the show notes, catch all the hilarious, witty humor that happened <laughs> if you missed any of it at thepantrypodcast.com in the show notes, and that's where you can also like donate through Patreon. That's where you can share and catch up on all the past episodes. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Perfect. Oh, we're still recording. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Thanks for listening to The Pantry Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and check out other great shows on the Edify app and Eternity Ready Radio.